What up, everybody? Um, it's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks, right? Because you got UFC. We talked about the UFC fights last week. That's why I didn't go too much into them this week on this episode. On the last episode, I'm sorry, I said last week. Adrian, you're a fucking idiot, bro. Anyway, we talked about the UFC fights last episode. It's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks, right? Because the Avenged Sevenfold record comes out within a couple of weeks. Excited for that. And the following week is their show in Los Angeles. Then is UFC 290. I still haven't reached out to the UFC regarding UFC 300. I'm going to make a note of that and reach out sooner rather than later. I do promise that. Then you have UFC 291, which is going to be their international fight week where everybody gets inducted into the Hall of Fame. And then you're going to have UFC 292 later in the month. And then we get, I mean, 280. So the one in Canada is 289. I said 290. Um, 290 is going to be the international fight week one, which I believe is, has officially been announced to be Wolkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez. So think of it this way, guys. Think of it this way. If Irene wins at UFC 289, and then Brandon and Yair win at UFC 290, you're going to have four Mexican champions. That is insane. Mexico is going to celebrate if those two days the Mexican fighters win. That is insane. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me. Punch the mouth official on Instagram. Official underscore PITM on Twitter. Later, guys. Deuces. Welcome back to the Punch in the Mouth Podcast. I'm Adrian, your host as always. Today is opinion episode number 16, which overall is episode 110 of the podcast. I can't believe it. I can't believe I'm in triple digits. You know, it's still surreal to me. Today I wanted to talk about one of the fights at UFC 288, the one that opened the main card. It was really weird, right? Because when I talked about these fights, I talked about the breakdown of them and what I believe was the downfall of each fighter. The main event, that that one was hard to score. But Again, the fifth round goes to Henry, but we're not talking about that fight today. We are talking about Kron Gracie versus Charles Jourdain. That was a crazy fight, right? You know? Sorry. I almost dropped my microphone. I would have really hated that. That was a really crazy fight, man. Because of the lack of output by... Kron, here's what this guy had to say about it. Hold on, let me close something really fast. I don't know why it's open. Here's what Kron had to say. Kron Gracie broke his silence nine, nine, nine days after suffering a loss to Charles Jordan at UFC 288. Turning to the octagon three and a half years after his previous bout, 
A multiple time jiu-jitsu champion went the distance with Jordan in a 15-minute bout. UFC President Dana White later described the fight as like a coming out of time capsule in 1995, saying the son of Hicks and Gracie came in very limited tonight. Remember I told you guys? Because he had made a comment. I'm going to go look for it. I'm going to go find the quote because I know where to find it. But he had made the comment that he wished um, there was a, more of a single round rather than breaks. It, it matches up with the Gracie mindset. Let me go look for this. I hate when I can't find stuff. So. Oh, here it is. I found it. Remember Kron said this. What I really think MMA needs is instead of more rounds is a 15 or 25 minute round. When you have rounds, you have a break and time to think. Your coach brings you water and that changes the fight. And it's no longer a fight between you and the guy. I know it's hard to have a fight with no time limit, but I think there should be no rounds. It should be a 15 minute fight or a 25 minute fight. I think that would change the sport for the better. Why is he saying this? Because what's his technique, jujitsu? If he's able to get him down and able to keep him there for 25 minutes there's no way you he can lose the fight right there's no way he can lose the fight so when you see his limited skill set like dana says it goes on to say the 34 year old opened up about the defeat on monday saying he was following bad advice in a lifetime of fighting it's always been a fight to the death gracie wrote on an instagram story understand the situation and willing to limit myself even that being said, I threw no punches because of bad advice and tried to please the jiu-jitsu community two days before my fight. First fight in my life, I didn't throw a punch. Going back to my old ways. I mean, I get what he's saying, but dude, if you're in the fight and you feel you can crack the dude, you go ahead and crack him. The coaches, what are they going to tell you? Don't do that? What if you're winning? Like, I get it. But saying you're going off of bad advice, at some point, if you know it's bad advice, bro, why don't you just take it into your own hands? Be like, dude, you guys aren't helping me, so I'm taking this into my own hands. How are you going to tell me, with the amount of experience this guy has, with the lineage he has, going off of bad advice, what? Bro, if you feel you can crack him, you go out there and you fucking crack the fuck at him. And, bro, that's what I feel he should have done. But saying he's going off of bad advice, I don't know, man. I don't know. That kind of bothered me, to be honest. It bothered me, but let's move on. Francis Ngannou responds to Dana White. Why should I be upset? Everything has worked out very well. Francis Ngannou has no ill will towards the UFC, but says it's unlikely he will ever return to the promotion. On Tuesday, news broke that Ngannou signed a lucrative deal with the PFL, ending one of the most high-profile free agencies in MMA history. In a pre press release announcing the signing, the deal was referred to as a strategic partnership for a number of things, including outside of a strict fight promotion agreement, including equity in the promotion and the role within the company as chairman of PFL Africa. And while fight terms of the partnership are limited, with the contract only covering a few bouts under the banner, the predator says it's unlikely he ever returns to the UFC. I mean... I get what he's saying. Don't you? Don't you? If somebody treated me like that, would you want to go back there? No. I mean, look at what Dana's saying. Dana's saying he's never coming back here. And at this point, Francis fights these two, three fights. He never has to fight again. 
He's already gotten with all that he wanted. He's already gotten all of that. He's going to be chairman of PFL Africa. He's going to be able to fight fighters. Not fight fighters. Help fighters once he's done fighting. And it's it's if you listen to his interviews and listen to what he says, he's saying this seat on the board is even after I'm done fighting, I'm still going to be on the board. Even if I were to fight somewhere else, I'll still be on the board, you know? He's still going to be on the board either way, you know? You know? He's still going to be there. Oh, this thing's heavy. He's still going to be there, so we'll see what happens. He goes on to say, I didn't like the way things played out. And Gardner said Tuesday on the MMA hour when asked if the door to return was closed before my last fight. When I fought Cyril Gone, I met with Dana in a restaurant. I went to him. We spoke. I said, I appreciate everything that you've done for me. I appreciate all the help. But at this point, I feel like I don't belong anymore. I feel like I'm not in the promotion. I'm in a fight in the promotion. And I don't know exactly how I got into a fight with the promotion. And he was like, yes, we want you here. I think you have to change your team or something. I was like, I feel like I've been in a promotion lately without a promoter. I don't have a promoter anymore. I said this to him. I don't feel like I belong. What do you mean, White said. Have you ever wanted to come to an event and you don't get tickets? Or have you ever wanted to go to the PI and couldn't get access? For a moment, I thought about it and I was like, this guy is so good. Look at how he switched the situation. So I'm working my whole life to have access to events and the PI. Anyway, personally, I talked to him man to man like, I'm cool. I'm just not happy with how our business is going. That's all. And got a split from the UFC with contentious verging on acronymous at times. After successfully defending his heavyweight title, Against Gain at UFC 270, Ngannou fulfilled his fighting obligations of his contract with the promotion and could not come to terms to resign, which led to a public falling out with White, saying the UFC will never be saying Ngannou will never be in the UFC again. That's a major departure from the UFC splits with superstars Nate Diaz last year, when Diaz similarly fought out his contract and exited the promotion with for greener pastures. But he has been welcomed back with open arms to other UFC events with White even telling Diaz, this is always your effing house. Why two fighters have drawn such different reactions from White and Ganu doesn't know. You want me to tell you why? I'll tell you why. Because as much as everybody loves Nate, I guarantee you Dana doesn't see him as a top dog. Nate wasn't a champion when he left the, the organization. Like people aren't sitting here going, Nate Diaz is the top level fighter he is but people i guarantee you they're saying well if they were to fight a top guy that guy would beat him whereas francis on the other hand like think about it john jones he fought zero gone right right so did francis so did francis did francis not fight him francis fought him right okay good who's john's next fight gonna be tell me can you guys tell me who's his next fight gonna be? Do you guys know? Some guy named Stipe. Francis knocked him the fuck out. Okay, we all know this, right? We all know that Francis knocked him the fuck out. Okay, who's left? So if John fights this guy and if it's competitive, people go, that's it. 
Francis would have beat the fuck out of John Jones. This is the narrative the UFC is trying to avoid. Remember, Dana used to say if John Jones better think about not coming back up to heavyweight to fight when he when he was in love with Francis Ngannou. He better not come up to heavyweight to fight Francis. I mean, that's the only fight really left at heavyweight for Francis. I mean, let's look at it. Let's look at the rankings. Let's look at the rankings. Cyril gone. Francis beat. Stipe Miocic, Francis beat. Curtis Blaze, Francis beat twice. Taitu Ivasa, Francis would beat him. The old, even even Sergey Pavlovich. Like, that's the other thing about Francis. Francis would fight these guys. Whereas John Jones saying, nah, I just want to fight Stipe and that's it. Like, what? What do you mean? Why? Why? Tell me why. Is is it that you're concerned that these younger guys will get one over on you? Because I guarantee you Francis isn't concerned about that. Because Francis feels he's the baddest motherfucker on the planet. And right now I'm inclined to believe him. Because I guarantee you his first fight in the PFL is going to be against an up-and-comer like Jolton Almeida. I wonder how many fights Jolton has next. Because now what does this create? Especially in the heavyweight division. You have the guy that left as heavyweight champion. You have the dude that left. Because John has said it himself. I fight Stipe and if I don't get that Francis fight, it, I'm calling it a day. So if John Jones beats Stipe Miocic, we're always going to get that what if. And I'm telling you, it hurts John Jones. It fucking hurts him that... He will never be considered the heavyweight champion because he never beat the guy. Francis Ngannou beat the guy. Francis Ngannou beat the guy that beat him. Okay. And I'll tell you nothing. If Francis were to rematch Derek Lewis, like, because Derek Lewis is going to fight right now. Maybe Derek is his first opponent. You never know. What if Derek Lewis goes like, all right, well, that's it. I'm out of here. UFC. I'm going to go sign with PFL. Bam. There's your first Francis Ngannou fight. Derek Lewis versus him too. Francis will take that fight in a heartbeat to avenge that loss. He already avenged one loss. I bet you he'll take that fight in a heartbeat to avenge the other loss. I don't know if he ever rematched the dude that beat him the first time. Because I know he lost to some other guy. You know what I mean? So there's the... As far as heavyweight goes. And I didn't see this. I didn't get no press release about... UFC 292, 290, it's going to be 292, right? I didn't get no press release about 292. I'm upset about that. Because I got a press release for UFC Sydney. I didn't get a press release for UFC 292. It's probably not out yet. But I can tell you that the Nogara brothers are getting the Forrest Griffin um, community something. The Forrest Griffin community were presented by... Toyo Tires. Congratulations to the Nogara brothers. But can you guys tell me why? So, that's the narrative the UFC wanted to um, spin. That Francis is no longer the best. But there's going to be... It, it hurts, John. It hurts him so bad. Trust me, it hurts that dude so fucking bad. That he has to walk around. And he can't say, well, I beat the guy. That, um was champion and beat everybody like you guys can't like what's the point of Francis going back to the UFC other than the John fight John needs to chase him and John was I believe after this Stipe fight 
he has to at least fight five more times for the UFC. Not including if he's locked into the um, Champions Clause, which will extend his contract for three fights. You know? So that's a minimum of eight fights. Well, let's see. Six. Uh, the, it would have been nine. So he already did one. He's going to do two. So then four. That's seven more fights. John Jones isn't going to fight for that much longer. He's even said it. This will be my last one if I can't get this, the Nganu fight. But in my opinion, Nganu doesn't need to chase him. He needs to chase Nganu. But that's my opinion. Nobody else's. That's just my opinion, you know? Hold on. I'm going to try something. Let me see if I make this go down. Can you guys hear me better? Uh, yeah. It sounds a little bit better like that. But yeah, man. That um, John needs to chase him. He doesn't need to chase John, in my opinion. Right? But we shall see, man. We shall see. But so UFC 292 will, I guess, feature Weili Zhang versus Amanda Lemus. So let's keep an eye out on that. Let's keep an eye out on that. Let me let me look it up. Yeah, right here. Dana White announced Tuesday that a UFC 292 will take place in Boston on August 19th and will be headlined by a Bantamweight Championship clash between Aljamain Sterling and Sean O'Malley. In a co-main event, in the co-main event, Weili Zhang will defend her strawweight crown against Amanda Lemus Sterling, will make a relatively quick turnaround after taking a hard-fought split decision triumph against Henry Cejudo. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure the only reason the the other fight's not happening is because the the other fight I'm talking about, Yan Shainan, is because one, she probably couldn't do it, and then two. They want to make that fight in China, but she probably told the UFC, yo, I want to fight. Because the last time she fought was in November. This is Wei Li. She's fighting Amanda Lemus. Amanda Lemus is a bad chick, bro. She's bad. She beat, um, what's her name? She just like Marina Rodriguez. Then she lost to Jessica Andrade. But she's a bad girl, man. It says right here. Lemos has been victorious in her in seven of her last eight UFC bouts, with her lone defeat go, during that stretch coming at the hands of on Jessica Andrade. Recently, the 35-year-old Brazilian scored a third-round TKO of Marina Rodriguez at UFC Fight Night 214 on November 5th. That's a crazy fight. Crazy fight. I mean, I would assume Wei Li's gonna dodge a lot in the first two rounds. And then the third round, she starts piecing Lemus up. Unless Lemus catches her early. That's my uh, assumption. But l l let's see what... Because remember I told you guys the PFL was in trouble? Let's see right here. Banned substances revealed for nine suspended PFL fighters. A total of nine PFL fighters on Wednesday faced suspensions from the Nevada, Nevada Athletic Commission. Several had wins overturned to no consequences as a part of a disciplinary action taken against them. I knew that was coming. Former PFL champion Bruno Capiloza was suspended nine months by the commission after he tested positive for drostaloin, an anabolic steroid with his recent win against Mateo Sheffield overturned to a no contest. Capiloza has paid 11125 fine along with a 
26 in prosecution fees before he's allowed to compete again. His suspension is runs through January 7, 2024. Wow, he only got suspended nine months, huh? Ex-UFC fighter Jocko was also suspended six months after he tested positive for clomiphene, a selective estrogen receptor modulator commonly used for used as a fertility drug. I don't get why that's illegal. That can all okay. That can also alter testosterone levels in men. He is eligible to compete again after October first, and is required to pay fines including sixty-five hundred from his person and another three hundred. 26 in prosecution fees. By the way, Alejandro Flores was suspended six months after t- testing positive for a diuretic with a 2600 fine along with 326 in prosecution fees with his win against Daniel Torres overturned to a no contest. He's eligible to compete after again after October 1st. The commission also extended temporary suspension against several other PFL fighters pending the finalization of an adjunct agreement which could potentially be announced at the next meeting scheduled in June. All the fighters will remain suspended until that time. One-time UFC title challenger and current PFL light heavyweight Tiago cha- Santos was also suspended after testing positive for clomiphene. Dude, like, what happened? They, they all go like, just fuck it. Let's see. Did they not know USADA was a part of this? Cesar Fierro tested positive for clomiphene. And 19 Naradorostin and metabolic steroid um, Naderolone. And Bolondinic Naderolone is an anabolic steroid. Well, I don't know any of these names, guys. Mohammed tested positive for Diastrolone and Stanzolowo, another anabolic steroid. And he also tested positive for GW1516. A non-specified substance in the class of hormone and metabolic modulators that is banned at all times. <laughs> what what happened here? So 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 okay, all these guys they're out because PFL goes. PFL previously addressed the suspensions in the statement ahead of new fights being announced for the 2023 season. All fighters flagged by the commission were removed from the competition. PFL has been notified by the Nevada State Athletic Commission that several fighters who competed in two PFL regular season events this past April have been temporarily suspended until further review by the commission. PFL officials stated, PFL has a zero-tolerance policy related to the usage of banned substances and complies with the U.S. State Athletic Commission requirements. Further, SPSL moves forward towards the highest level of testing and compliance. And the sport PFL is engaged with USADA on implementation of its athlete anti-doping program. Okay, so that means they're barely going to get USADA involved. Maybe in the case of Thiago Santos, he's like, well, I'm not in the UFC anymore. Maybe I could get some juice in me, bro. I don't know if that's the case. I'm just talking smack. He's like, maybe, maybe, maybe I can get some juice in me. Show them I'm the best. I mean, cause come on, guys, it's not a surprise anymore to me, especially with the people that I talk to that they may not be UFC fighters, but they've been around MMA fighters. That they all tell me, bro, they're all on something. And people have told me it's like, bro, they should just let them be on juice. It makes for better fights. 
How much time we got? Okay, we'll go for a little while longer. Let's check Twitter. Let's see what they can tell me MMA related. Have you guys checked out the new Conor McGregor series? I'm on like episode two. I would assume there's like three episodes. Because I think it covers from the Khabib fight. From the bus incident. All the way to him breaking his leg against um, Dustin Poirier. What I do find interesting, and of course it's a documentary, so it's going to paint Conor in a good light. What they said in the in the lead up to the Khabib fight that he was very angry, that the camp wasn't good, that we'll see what, and it showed in the fight, right? And then compared to the Cerrone camp where he was just free, he was being himself, and all this other stuff. Now that makes me wonder, was the, the third Dustin camp because of the emotion leading into and the way he was acting? Was that another dark, weird training camp? I hope it shows in, in the film because I wonder if he can look back on that and go, well, maybe if I'm not pissed off going into the fight, I can do good. Dude, and I finally figured out who Paulo Costa was fighting. He's fighting the dude that Hamza Chimayev knocked out outside of the UFC. That Hamza Chimayev was having a hard time taking him down. So look, what they're trying to do is set up a fight between Paulo Costa and Hamza Chimayev. Because if Paulo goes in there in Salt Lake City, and knocks this guy out. He's going to be like, look, bro. I did in one round what took you three rounds to do. You gourmet chajin. That's what he calls him, gourmet chajin. First of all, UFC 200 was lame. UFC 199 was better. I got to stop doing that. I'm so close to my microphone that my um, headphones rub against it. I do apologize. And I reached out to Alex's managers to ask him, like, don't you guys think it was... It's a little too soon for Alex to be coming back. I haven't got an answer. I don't know if I will, but I have reached out. I haven't reached out to the UFC about UFC 300, but they did announce that UFC, let me do it in my head. 292 is going to be in August, 293. The UFC 293 will be in Australia and Israel Adesanya will headline that card. So now with Alex at light heavyweight, I guess it stands that at UFC 290, I guess what they're hoping for is that either Drickis, Duplices, and Robert Whitaker aren't too hurt and they can fight on that September card because that's obviously a quick turnaround for them. I wonder if it was in their contract. Like, look, we're going to try and get Israel to fight on this card and you guys are going to fight him. Kevin Lee's fighting on July 1st against Renat. Back Harry Tunandunov. I don't know who that is, but that dude sounds scary. And look, this whole Francis situation has exposed that there are some people that are MMA fans and some people that are only UFC fans. Um, I don't agree with that because um, there's good fights everywhere, right? But the best fights, for the most part, are in the UFC. Now, are you guys upset that we're not going to see Francis versus John Jones while they're both still able to compete at a high level? Maybe. But this whole game for Francis was to make change, and he's able to do that in the PFL. They were able to offer him things that the UFC could Again, going back to what he's always said, and his manager, Markel Martin, would always tell me the same thing. It was never about the money for Francis. It was about change. 
Right? It was about change. And he's about to make change. He's already making change. Again, the UFC sees the writing on the wall. They're going to lock down these heavyweights because what they don't want is for these heavyweights to go away from them. They don't want that. What they want is to keep because then Francis can take the narrative away from them. The best fighters, as far as heavyweight goes, the best fighters are in the UFC. Well, Francis walked away as your champion. Nobody beat him. The two guys Jones beat, and I sound like a broken record. Francis, I'm saying two guys like if the, if the Stipe fight has happened, and I'm assuming John Jones won. I apologize, Stipe. I don't mean to disrespect you. But then again, if John Jones loses, then they for sure don't have the best heavyweight champion. If you're a Francis Ngannou fan and want to see him succeed, on whenever John Jones fights Stipe Miocic, you're rooting for Stipe. Because how many fights does Stipe have left? If he wins and then he goes, all right, I'm not going to fight no more. And then he begs the UFC to release him from his contract. And he goes, hey, Francis, let's go. He goes to PFL, fights Francis for the trilogy, gets a baseline of minimum $2 million, more than he would ever get in the UFC, gets his own sponsorships and tries to get his management Floyd to get him more money because that's another thing, Francis, that, that the minimum to fight him will be $2 million, but if the fighter can get more, they're allowed to get more. So we shall see what happens, man. Because Francis is changing the narrative. And if he can get a bunch of heavyweights to get away. Because he, he's the money fight. And I'm going to tell you nothing. Jake Paul listens to my show. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. Where you guys are going to be like, fucking Adrian, get the fuck out of here. He said my idea. He tweeted out my idea. Listen to what Jake Paul tweeted. Let's have a PFL and UFC work together and put on a massive event on ESPN. Boom. Who's been saying that? Me. This is where we're going to end it. Ngannou versus Jones. I I stopped it at Ngannou versus Jones. Nunes versus Harrison. I'm down. Edwards versus Doombi. Doombi is the guy that um I guess was on Ariel's show. And of course Diaz versus Paul after I knock his ass out in boxing. He's referring to Nate Diaz because how Nate has been saying I'm gonna go back to the UFC. Bro, I'm with it. The winners here are the fans in ESPN because what they could do is have a four-man broadcasting team. They could have PFL, and then they could have the UFC guys, and then the set the 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 set will look amazing. And then they have ESPN plastered everywhere. But that's all I got for you guys. Make sure you follow me, Punch the Mouth Official, official underscore P I T M on Twitter. Peace, guys. Later.